gentlemen welcome to another episode of the saturday morning DD show my name is jordan with a silent ph in the middle and i'm joined always by my wonderful co-host sir lucian over at sir lucian gaming uh lucian good morning gaming. sir say hello good morning oh we froze hopefully we're in oh, may okay. so i'm hoping summer is approaching most of you if you're in that uh continent or time zones that we're in i've been waiting for summer so long because i want to open my pool and i'm just dying but it's still too cold and uh yeah no it's it was uh it was just straight up hot yesterday here oh so, perfect yeah. i want that <laughs> I want and i that. was uh i went to a barbecue and that was like cool. holy cow because we're we got vaccines now and we can do things like this yep um i just got a message yesterday from one of my gaming groups my Shadowfell gaming group and they're just like so when are we gonna pick back up and i'm like yes it's all <laughs> it's it feels like it's almost over we're gonna play games again almost over. Um, the sun is rising i planted grass outside so it's growing it's really cool. very excited uh hopefully lucian you'll be able to open your pool soon. i'm hoping soon i'm hope last year it was memorial day week and we had to wait all the way till the end of may the year before that it was middle of may so i don't know yet i've only had I've only kept track so far for the last two years, even though we've had it for three, I think. Um, so we'll see. I'm a new pool owner, so I'm learning it as I go. <laughs> well, excellent. Um, yeah. Hi, everybody. We're a Dungeons & Dragons pod, or talk show. Not an actual play, just a talk show. And we kind of just talk about the news of Dungeons & Dragons and things that are going on in the world and our specific games. I hope you can hear me okay. I have been adjusting my microphones, which is why I had a hot mic at the very beginning of this podcast. Um, had a hot mic. Yeah, but I didn't say anything too incriminating, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> News-wise, uh, they're they're not doing a lot of news. Well, they are about uh, Van, Rick Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which comes out May 18th. Yeah. Uh, are you getting the special edition in your gaming store, or have you pre-ordered it anywhere, or...? When it originally announced, I thought it might be like the candle keep one. It might be one that I skip for now and wait for sale. Okay. Like you were talking about Amazon sale because it wasn't one that I was thinking I would use at first. But they've been doing these Laura You Should Know videos. We've been talking now about some of the domains of dread that are in there. Mm -hmm. And I'm slowly getting more and more interested because I don't know if I'm necessarily a Barovia dude. But like this one where we're talking about Harakir or we we're talking about Haslin last week mm -hmm. or we we're talking about some of the other one. I am that person. So now I'm starting to think, well, maybe I need some of these domains of dread, even if I'm not really into a dive into Strahd and, you know, yeah. at the moment, but I could get some other cool stuff out of it. So yeah. now I'm starting to lean back the other way. So now I might go into my game store and uh, pick it up and they always order extra copies too for the, the cool covers. So if I want the cool yeah. cover, I'll, I thought you were going to say for the for cool Tasha. kids like me. Cool kids. <laughs> they know me. Cool kid. Hey, it's that cool guy. Uh, get him his cover over here now. No. Uh, so I, I didn't put this in our notes, but I actually have a fun Strahd story. Um, the more I think about curse of Strahd and Van Richting's side to Ravenloft, uh, 
it is a very, uh, well, I shouldn't say very, but it is a niche part of D&D communities where they mm-hmm. like that sinister dread kind of feel. And mm-hmm. I think when I play D&D, I really like being the hero. Like, yeah. it's, it's just fun for me. And so when I want to sit down and play D&D, usually I want to play uh, Forgotten Realms or somebody's, you know, homebrew campaign, but I want to be a hero. And mm-hmm. even uh, I've been plotting out, like, I want to play, I, I've been plotting out games that I want to run in the future. And one of them is I want to do an Eberron game and I want to run this Eberron game. And and then another one is I just bought a bunch of drow supplements from second and fourth edition. And I want to run a Menzo Berenzen drow game where when we were talking about this, where I wanted everyone to be the same race. I want everybody to be a drow mm-hmm. and they are under instructions of uh, the drow priestess queen and they have to go out and do little missions for her. And then, you know, as the game progresses, we uncover like, oh my gosh, do we do we overthrow the government or something? Or wherever the game kind of takes us. We're the bad guys. <laughs> I really love that. Uh, but I I've never been like, man, I really want to play a, a spooky game. Like it's mm-hmm. just never kind of for Halloween, that makes a lot of sense, but not not like an ongoing let's play a Van Richten's guide game for for however long. That yeah. talking about that, I was like, man, I kind of want to play Curse of Strahd. Like, I've never really. Maybe I need somebody to run this for me. Like we've always talked about. Like we want to mm-hmm. find somebody to run Call of Cthulhu for us or something, because if they really love it, you're gonna understand why it's so great, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in my local city's Dungeons and Dragons Facebook group, and this guy was putting out a list of, uh, or he's like, hey, I want to run Curse of Strahd, and he's looking for players. And so I inquired about it, and this is the first time I've ever come across this, but it makes a lot of sense afterwards. He built a Google form questionnaire, and -hmm. he's like, okay, fill this out, and I'll see if you're a good fit. And it had all of these questions of like, you know, do people defining their pronouns annoy you? And like, you know, things like that. So he could kind of like weed out the people that he's like, I just don't want to play with you. And yeah. he was he was really interested. He wanted to he wanted to play, but the more I was looking at the time commitment and stuff, I'm like, if I want to run all of these games that I'm interested in, I don't really have time to commit to a year and a half Curse of Strahd game because that's what he wanted right. to do. I was yeah. hoping that it would be like a quick, you know, I don't know, t- five sessions or something. Get from yeah, whatever. But it mm-hmm. it would not be. It would be level one to ten like a a fun grind and I'm sure it would be wonderful, but he really wanted to emphasize that we're going to role play. We're going to, you know, limited maps, lots of theater of the mind, and it's going to be spooky and we're going to do all this stuff. And I was like, that's exactly what I need. I just don't have the time for Mm -hmm. this right now, but I thought that was cool. Have you ever thought of doing that? Looking for players like that? I don't know why that surprised me, but at the same time, I'm like, that's (laughs) such a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when you, when you do your games online, um, your pool expands to quite a bit of unknowns, right? So to me, your pool has always been your friends, people you work with, or maybe their friends. So you kind of have a little bit of trust that somebody's not going to bring a complete psycho to your house to play (laughs) a game. Whereas if you just post your address on the internet or something, and you're like, hey, come to my house to play a game, you're going to want to be a little bit more, you know, circumspect about who you're bringing in. Same kind of thing happens with online. So when I jumped into Roll20 and I wanted to run a game, I definitely tapped all my friends first. Like I was like, I want to play this game. I'll run this Numenera game. Do you guys want to play? And I gathered together, you know, four people to play some Numenera with me. Mm. Then when I did Dungeons and Dragons, it was kind of the same thing. I had enough friends that wanted to play, 
But then I had some ideas of games I wanted to run that I my friends didn't want to play. So then I started thinking, well, what if I posted it on Roll20 and just found just people I've never actually talked to? But how am I going to try to figure out who's going to be a good fit for me? And that's where I thought about questionnaire or finding a way to say, this is the game I want to run. Mm-hmm. If you're not want to play that game, don't sign up for this. Don't come here with your, you know, I don't want to play your Pathfinder game. Well, that's what I'm running. I'm yeah. running the Pathfinder or whatever. So, you know, I think in that circumstance, I had to think about that a little bit more. And the funny thing is I found of the three players I talked to on Roll20 that had submitted to play in a game of mine, Storm King's Thunder, and they actually played. They were all people that we actually enjoyed. It became friends of my friends, and we still talk to those people, even though they came from random parts of the country. And it was cool meeting them and just making more friends that way. Um, so it was a cool experience doing it that way. I don't know if it's the same if you do your local game store, what kind of quality or experience you'll have if you do it that way. But I I had a pretty good experience so far reaching out to people I did not know. Okay. Yeah, no, it was it it was just funny because it it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um and I but I was surprised at the same time. I don't know. And then I was just thinking like, no, if I if I'm gonna do that, I wanna do something extremely similar. <laughs> like just to because the way I was reading it, I'm like, oh man, like mm-hmm. somebody who is very against uh somebody who's like, I don't know. I don't want to sound too mean, but like anti-trans or just like, I think that people who specify their pronouns are dumb and things like that. They're going to read this and they're going to be like, I don't want to be a part of this group if that's the way this guy thinks. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like you're weeding out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it it reminded me a while ago or back in college, I had a friend and he loved anime. Um, And specifically he had a, a, a ghost in the shell like doll and it, it looked well. It was it was in like tactical gear. It was like a ghost in the shell, like a mm-hmm. doll from Japan. And he he wore it on his backpack, and he would go around college with it on his backpack. And I asked him about it one day, and and he's just like, well, it does, it does two things for me, Jordan. It people I don't want to talk to, it keeps them away, and people <laughs> I do want to talk to, it attracts them to me. And I was like, you know, you're right because. Yeah. If I go to uh, uh, anywhere, like, I don't know, if you go to a convention or, so, or well, I, I don't know, you go somewhere and you bring out some dice, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. oh, you got dice? Oh, you play D&D? Those are the people I want to talk to. So yeah. it makes sense. That's why I like wearing the D&D t-shirt yeah. around town. Like, I've met a couple of people, a gas station attendant, and he was like, oh, you play D&D? And he starts telling me about his campaign or just random people that you'll see that will recognize something from your shirt that's maybe a little bit obscure. So it's not maybe right in your face, but it's like, you know, like if I did a, you know, a, a Jordan with a, a fighting dice. Oh D20, yeah. Somebody's going to recognize, Oh, you dungeon dragons player. Yeah. <laughs> or you do something like I've even found crazy enough. The, the Vox Machina kind of stuff. If you're wearing anything mm-hmm. from their stuff, it's amazing. The fans you'll bump into just in yeah. random places. <laughs> that's, that's straight up a cult now. So it's, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, <laughs> That's how I met LB. Yeah, very cool. That was funny that the whole LB connection, well, she worked in the same building as my wife and they knew each other that way. But she, my wife had mentioned I play games and then LB had mentioned um, 
does he play Dungeons and Dragons? Does he know this? And she's like, and, and my wife's like, he probably does. I'm like, yeah, I know Critical Role. I know, you know, yeah, I've watched Matt Mercer, and that's how we ended up all getting to know each other even better. Yeah. So that, like, then, you know, we have an actual friendship now, and it's it's awesome. So just by a common, you know, a, a common hobby that we like. Yeah. Something. It's cool. It's super cool. So full circle going all the way back. I Back to Strahd. Yeah, yeah. I, I am <laughs> excited for it. Uh, but I, and I have pre-ordered it, but I, mm-hmm. I wonder if, I don't know if I'm going to run a game, uh, but it was one of those books that I'm like, this just felt like something I needed to own. And maybe I'm, reading through it, I'm like, wow, I really do want to run, you know, a, uh, Lamordia game or something. And I, I've, I've had a good time before. reading the older Strahd stuff and, yep. and, and, uh, making making my videos it's a very rich and interesting world barovia or ravenloft i should say so what's interesting is i feel like if there was a game you were going to play that your wife would be ecstatic about it would be a, a barovia dive it yes would be a Strahd game yep so i keep encouraging every time you bring this topic up that <laughs> yes you should run a game and your wife should be one of the players because she loves vampires so much Mm -hmm. that, yes, why haven't you done this for her? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. And (laughs) I guess I've always wanted to run Strahd. And I think I told you I found found a a way you can run Curse of Strahd in like one or two sessions. Perfect. Like everyone's at level seven or eight and then you literally just start the campaign in the castle and Mm -hmm. your goal is to like find Strahd and kill him. And Mm so... uh, but I, I don't know if that has the same feeling because if you play through the whole campaign, Strahd shows up a lot and he like messes with you because the whole idea is like, I want to emotionally break you rather than just kill you kind of a thing. Cause you're level two characters. I could kill you. I'm a vampire, but yeah, so. yeah. I'm bo- I'm but bored. you're right. My, yeah, my wife does love vampires and she would love me yeah. to run that and we just haven't yet. So maybe when this comes out, I'll be super inspired. So. Or even a game that's really based on a couple of those movies you've watched. I mean, you've watched some of those really cool vampire style movies. Those are cool worlds you could put a D&D game into. Yeah. Because you could use the the D&D 5e rules, but you're just, you know, you're doing some of that cool, cool stuff that would harken back to all those movies she's watched, you know. It's true. I think it would be interesting. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm interested. I'm on the fence yet. Um, cause I did not get candle keep. Um, and I really want a book that definitely has player options in it, extra stuff, but I'm curious to see what the next book is because maybe the next book is the one that's really going to grab me. Is it going to be uh, magic, the gathering setting? Is it finally going to be, they've been talking about some of the other classic settings. Is it finally spell jammer? Are they ever going to give a spell jammer? <laughs> cause maybe I'll get that. Well, uh, so they were talking about because um, they said they still had two more. Yeah, so no classic they, releases or something like they, you know, yeah. like two more. There was an article that came out that it was the um, the the transparency team or something, and they want they answered a bunch of questions. I totally forgot about this because um, we had AJ on last week, and I don't think we talked about it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, or not basically, they are going, Wizards of the Coast is going to release five products this year, mm-hmm. not announce five products, but like release five products. And two of those have already been released. No, mm-hmm. is it just Candlekeep or did they release something before Candlekeep? No, Candlekeep, Van Richting's Guide. So those are yep. two. 
and then we are going to get three more books. And they said that one of them is their big adventure, which is the Tomb of Annihilations, the the Icewind Dales, those kind of things. And Mm -hmm. that is one that like Chris Perkins is working on and stuff like that. So, so that's one. And then the other two are probably going to be these other campaign settings. Um, And we were, we told somebody else on Twitter said that there are going to be three classic campaign settings. So it's Van Richten's guide is one of those. Then we have a big adventure. That means we have two more classic campaign settings. One of them has to be Dragonlance. I just keep thinking that. Um, because the books are coming out, I think they're going to tie the whole world in and pull in that fan base uh, back to Dungeons & Dragons. Because Dragonlance hasn't had a supplement since 2nd edition, I think. Like, it's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of them is going to be Dragonlance. And then, but classic settings. Like, it makes me, th- I'm like, what could the other one be? I mean, yeah, you're talking because, about Greyhawk and Dark yeah, Sun and Mysterra and Spelljammer. I don't think it's Greyhawk. <laughs> Uh, because Greyhawk is too close to the Forgotten Realms, but like maybe I don't know. They they did release uh, Ghosts of Saltmarsh, which had a lot of which Greyhawk is really information. Greyhawk, yeah. So, and so was that, of it could be though. Greyhawk, and they're just tying it in. Who knows? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be an expanded Forgotten Realms, uh, even though it just we doesn't feel it. like they would do that. Spelljammer, I don't think it's going to be Spelljammer. Uh, Mistara was one that I was wondering, which is mm-hmm. the basic uh, BX D&D campaign setting that I've been reading about a little bit. And it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff there. And so it could be Mistara and the whole hollow earth. There's like, they have a whole hollow oh, planet thing, one. which is really cool. And so you, you go down certain paths and you get into the hollow world and there's a sun in the world and, you, and it's, but mm-hmm. you're on the outside of a ring and so that, or a sphere. Um, and then Dark Sun is an obvious choice, but we haven't received any playtest material for something like a Dark Sun. Like, and and you're it's still early, like it's May, yeah. but like I would think that we would see playtest material of like the 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 Crean or the Tri Tricreen or whatever the ant race of people is, and right because they um, were prominent yeah. in that. But you know that's one part of the world. They, they might not be as prominent in a different continent. They could go a whole different direction. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do Dark Sun. I, I think it'd be a stretch. But like a, a Planescape or... A, and Planescape is probably what it is going to be. Yeah, I forgot about know, Planescape. There's a bunch of them out there. That really defining the planes and how to jump between them and Sigil. Like a, a yeah. Sigil uh, book, like a City of Doors book would be awesome. Because I would love to run games and just... You could do that. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, we got to hop over to Pandemonium for a little bit. And then... Hop yeah. back over to Sigil. Like, that's cool. I'm, I'm interested in Hollow Earth one again because I just watched the the Godzilla First Kong movie yeah. that you can see on HBO now. And spoilers, but maybe Hollow Earth is somehow connected. But yeah. <laughs> it's a monster movie. You can go watch it. But I was like, oh, this is cool. We need D&D like this. <laughs> no, I, I start reading these old campaign settings and I'm like, I want to make all of the videos about it and... Yeah, uh, and I just get I just don't have time, but like it's really cool. So well, and I read them, and I and I come back to the same thing we say all the time. So we're, this is really the broken record podcast. But I want to play with a DM who is absolutely fanatical about those worlds. I want to play with a fanatical Dark Sun DM. I want to play with a fanatical Spelljammer DM. I want to play with a fanatical Mistara DM, just to get the feel because I know they'll put the passion. They'll put the work into making this memorable for you know players to play in this because normally everybody wants to play 
those other worlds. And maybe these DMs who have this passion in these worlds, an Eberron, a passionate Eberron DM, can say, this is my chance to show them why I love Eberron so much, you know? I want to play with those. I want that's why I want to play Numenera with that passionate Numenera ninth world person that, you know, the strange, all those. So I, I keep we always want that because I just think it'd be fun to be able to do. And one day maybe we'll find those DMs out there that are willing to, to run those games for us. <laughs> well no that that Wild Mount game was the same thing. Like I had zero interest in a critical role game. Mm -hmm. um, but after playing it, it, I was like, no, this is a fun world. Like I would, yeah, I yeah. like it, you know, and it, the DM's it's slightly different. In the, and yeah, my dungeon master was very knowledgeable about it because he's a mm -hmm. big fan and he studied a whole bunch. And so, mm -hmm. and it was cool. I think that's one of the reasons I kind of like the forgotten realms too, is it's fun to look at a map and be like, wait, we could just go North. And you're like, yeah. And like, what is there? And then it's like, well, there's a city called Baldur's gate and you can explore that. And that city has a whole history and a whole bunch of stuff. And mm. I think that, I mean, that's just fun. Like to, yeah. and, well, and the saddest thing about the Forgotten Realms is they need to make a sandbox adventure where it's like, we've talked about yes. this before, but it's like, that's Sparking what Thunder I think a lot of people three. want is if I just start walking West, what do I find? And it's like, well, mm -hmm. the ocean, but yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so. Yeah. I have enjoyed as a dungeon master, when I introduced a couple of people to the game who had never played Dungeons and Dragons, and I got to introduce them to the Forgotten Realms, those are some of my most favorite memorable games that I've ran because I, one, they got to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons and they had a great time. And two, I got to show them my passion for Forgotten Realms because I love Forgotten Realms and I love to show them why I love Forgotten Realms. What are the cool things that are happening here that'll draw you in and make you want more? And that's, you know, I just love that idea of it. Um, so yeah. I'm excited. We'll see what books are going to release. It's We don't have a lot of news now because we're right before uh, a book release. In fact, we're within... Two weeks at this point because we're in May, so it's like May eighteenth. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the teens where they come out on mm -hmm. Tuesday, I believe. Yep, um, it'll come out, and then we'll have it on our shelves. We'll take a look at it. It's going to have some stuff for players. It's going to have some stuff for obviously for dungeon masters, for you lore people out there. It's going to have some stuff for those that are just collectors and want it on the shelf. It's another book for you, and then we'll probably. I I feel like they do about a week of it being out. They do um, a week of a little bit more promotion, and then we finally hear about the next thing. So I'm guessing end of May, maybe a week after the release. With five books, they're going to have to talk about it at the yeah, end we of May. Start with the next one. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to be like, buy this book, but we're also working on this one. But they won't announce mm -hmm. anything until Van Richten's Guide is out, probably, because yeah. they want to just hype up that one book. Which so. makes sense. I mean, you're selling yeah. a product, so. But I don't know. Yeah, uh, Gary in chat was like, I hope that they do, like, Caratur or something, and there's a there's a, a just a, a a bad stigma on the old like Asian adventures and the Middle Eastern uh, Al Qadim, and so mm -hmm. I don't I don't know even Dark Sun has a lot of like slavery and stuff and they're just mm -hmm. hot topics now that I don't think that Wizards yeah. wants to tackle. Uh, but I would encourage you go look on the um, DMs Guild because those properties are still valid to like make content for and a lot of people are making some really good stuff and they're sourcing the right people when they make it and so like case in point that uh up updated zakara campaign setting that i reviewed on my channel is really yeah. good and i wanted to run like an alkadim setting like immediately after that so very cool um news wise we had a lore you should know about yep. uh harakir, harakir which is the uh, the mummy setting the egyptian setting for mm -hmm. uh ravenloft and I think that's a new, new one. 
Like, I don't think that's a, that was an original one, but I'll have to look back. Um, it didn't feel, ring a bell when I was looking at Yeah, I at feel it. like what they've said, it's, it's not one that was fleshed out very much. It was one that is only mentioned a little bit, I believe. But it definitely was one of the ones that was based on, like, the monster trope. Because when we were talking about the Domains of Dread... There was a Dracula one. There was a werewolf one. There was a Frankenstein one. Mm. There, you know, they were all those were all kind of covered. Those classic old school monster mash movies from you know the fifties and sixties, and so the Mummy is clearly within that one. And this was this kind of Egyptian um, ruins and you know old civilizations. And this guy, um, the the main bad guy that has this one was somebody that the gods won't let die. And that's part of the problem. Mm -hmm. That's part of what's going on in this domain of dread. Um, so I definitely recommend you go and listen to it a little bit to get another idea of another domain of dread. It sounds like a cool one because me and you have often talked about desert themed characters and even yeah. campaigns. You've ran a little bit of your campaign was desert themed. Mm -hmm. Those are always fun to bring in. So I think this that domain of dread could be useful for just about anybody that wants to, you know, bring in something like that. Yeah. And um, no, I listened cool. to a podcast a while ago and they specifically had desert elves in there, yeah, uh, cool. in their, in their game. And I was just like, I don't know why that, cause I always think of el you know, elves are like forest, whatever, but like mm -hmm. the desert elf, like that just is a cool, it's cool concept. to say, it's cool to think yeah. about. What does that even mean? So yeah. my I, desert yeah. mage concept, yeah. I just love the whole idea of, so good all the stuff around some type of desert themed spells. And I just thought, Oh, this would be what's so the cool. Naruto uh, sand guy, uh, Gara or Gara. Yeah. Yes. I always loved him. Carry the full thing sand. on the back. Yeah. I love it. It's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> Very cool. So that's pretty cool. That's out there on their um, site. So you can listen to them talk about, um, Harakir. Very mummy. Like if you want to run in that campaign and I think, or run a campaign in that domain of dread, which I think would be pretty cool. Yeah. But. Um, movie stuff. Like yeah, movie stuff. Did you ever watch uh, Onward? I did because a bunch of people told me, told my wife that it's like a and d adventure. Yeah. So she had watched it with my niece and they liked it. And then they turned around and said, oh, you're going to love it because it's like Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, oh, OK, I'll watch it. And it was an animated show, so yeah, it wasn't Pixar. necessarily on my list, but I like Pixar stuff, too. And so after they had watched it and said, you'll like it, D&D, &D, it's kind of like D&D &D stuff. And then I did watch it, and it was a very touching, very cool, fun story of so fun. a couple of brothers and, yeah. you know, and just adventuring. And it was a lot of humor in it. And there was even some sad, you know, really heart-wrenching moments, and it was good. It was a really good just... Um, family kind of show. Pixar always, you know, knocks it out of the park yeah. when they do their shows. No, they do. But really very D&D like. I thought very kind of. It was a know. fun spin on the world. Like what if magic yeah. existed, but now we're, we're, you know, it's easier to turn on a switch rather than to learn magic to so make they don't light, do you know? And so it's like, now we're just regular. So there's like the, the trash unicorns killed me where it's like, they don't yes. have raccoons eating their trash. It's these unicorns that are in the city. Like, oh gosh, it made me so funny. But uh, yeah. so onward is you should go check it out. If you like Dungeons and Dragons, I think you'll like the movie. It's very cute. It's really fun. Um, and they're making a, uh, role-playing game, uh, and it's called quests of Yore. Um, and I don't know much about it other than that. I'll put it in chat here so you guys can, can check it out. Um, but, uh, I thought it was kind of cool. Like they're just, they're, it use dice. It comes with a bunch of stuff like minis and quest cards 
and tokens and stuff. And I think it's you have a dungeon master and they're leading you through stuff. And there's probably a little adventure in here as well. But is it a five E variant or it's a, it's its own I game? I think it's its own game. Yeah. Oh, so it's its but own it's team. Just kind okay, of a cool. but yeah. There's a, a player's guide, a quest guide. You get 16 dice and 151 mm-hmm. cards. Uh, a phoenix gem that plays uh, the central role in the film is is also part of this thing. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I was going through this, and I didn't... They're, they're, they're trying to sell it. It's going to be released May 12th, I guess. But nobody... I didn't find online anybody, like, playtesting. Or not playtesting, mm-hmm. but, like... Uh, yeah, showcasing play. Like, here's how you play. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I thought it'd be fun. I'm always curious about other systems. And since mm-hmm. that was such a cute movie, this is a great way to hook kids into Dungeons & Dragons. Is what yeah, I was thinking because they watch that and then they are like, you know, Dad, I want a wizard staff, and you go find a tree branch, and he's running <laughs> around with his tree branch, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, those characters, like we could we could go on an adventure. So this is the perfect like, yeah. let me let me get my let me get my niece and nephew, or let me get my uh, my children into <laughs> yeah, for that little kid in your life that runs around with a cloak all year long, even though it was part of his costume for Halloween, exactly. but he still loves it so much. He's yeah. So I thought that perfect. was cute. It looks really fun. Um. Anyway, so that's coming out on the twelfth. Uh. And if it's really awesome, maybe we maybe. We should we should take a look at we it. We should take yeah. a look at it and I'll see if it's at the game store. Dress up and play it online or something. Be fun. <laughs> uh the Dungeons and Dragons movie has started filming. Wow. Um this is John Francis Daly and mm-hmm. Jonathan Goldstein. They have worked together on a lot of stuff. Uh the latest movie I saw that they worked together on was Game Night in 2018. Which was fun. Um, which was hilarious. And you should Yeah. 100% go watch Game Night. Uh, yeah. It's That's it's cool rated R, but it's super funny. Uh, and it was like the, the death of the comedy, I think they were saying, because <laughs> I'm like, that is such a funny movie, but comedy as a genre is changing, and people are like, mm. is this is a, is a movie designated a comedy, or does a, is a movie just like a superhero movie with comedy kind of a thing? And so mm-hmm. there was a tweet today by Jonathan Goldstein and he's like, the campaign begins and it's the, uh, the movie slate for the first take. They're like, okay, it's I take hope, one. I'm We're so starting the afraid, movie. Though. I'm so, so scared because not many D and D movies have ever been good. Can't really even name one that I thought was good. So now I'm no. worried what if it's not good? What if I hate it, Jordan? I mean, <laughs> you know, we all thought that about the prequels and we were right. So yeah. well, uh, there you go. He wrote Spider-Man Homecoming, though. That was a great movie. Good movie. Um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. He wrote that. I know a lot of people like that one. Yep. So, I don't think I've seen And I that. think that the two of them, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, I think they're writing this as well. So they're very, very entrenched. I know that John Francis Daly is a nerd. Um, in the Hollywood area. So do you think it's a story of players that get sucked into the D and D world? Or do you think it's a story about characters that live in this world? I have no idea. I, you know, we've talked about it and I, what I want is the Lego movie where (laughs) they have like high stakes and everyone's really immersed in their world. And then halfway through the movie, the camera pulls back and you realize that it's people at a table. And I mm-hmm. think that would be that would be how I would approach a D&D movie. I think it would be a lot of fun. People would be invested in the the silly fantasy. And then mm-hmm. just that peek behind the camera of like, oh, they're just at a table with dice and then dive back in to fighting the dragon, you know. And so I think that would be fun. But 
Uh, so who knows? Good. I don't know. Like, and do you want a comedy? Yeah. Do you want something more serious? Do you want a Game of Thrones oh, style, or do no. you want Game no. Night funny? You want comedy? You want? I want the, comedy. You know, I want. Um, I want. I want like a Marvel movie. I guess like they have a heart. Or Onward. Onward is a perfect example. You know. Yeah. It has good heart. You care about the characters. They're going on an adventure, but there is just fun stuff that happens that they are unexpectedly. They're like, I didn't know what. I don't know, but you know, just I want a good adventure story, but it doesn't have to be like a pie in the face kind of thing. So full, full, puntastically done. (laughs) D and D for me has never been Game of Thrones, dark, gritty. Because at the end of the day, we're all laughing about the fact that you cast gaseous form on yourself and then the dragon inhaled and sucked you into his lungs. Like, what does that mean? Like, we're all laughing. Like, that's just funny things that happen. And Game of yeah. Thrones isn't that. And you could play a dark and gritty thing with D&D, but I think the yeah. general public, or at least how I like to play, is just like, that's funny, you know? So. I think that's that. I just noticed the difference between how me and you have entered the Dungeons & Dragons gaming because you entered when you were more college age or above and I entered when I was 10 and we took it serious like we didn't have the goofing around or talking about like what we did at work we were 10 year olds who thought this was the coolest thing in the world and we took it super serious like a 10 year old takes it you know like we were like oh my god this is the greatest thing and we have to be able to do this and if we didn't complete the quest we were devastated or whatever and it was eventually when i got older that we were doing all of the stuff where we're bringing in the puns and we were bringing in outside stuff that was fun and it was like more lighthearted. and we had we joked a lot more with our buddies from work or or wherever but early on that first developmental stage of playing for me we took it way too seriously we were just like we have to do this and (laughs) the adventure was and it was gritty adventure we we were heartbroken when we couldn't save somebody or or whatever so i just wonder that's interesting so because i would want to lean more towards that only because it would be my nostalgia as a kid but i see exactly what you're saying is i want a fun game i want a game with heart or a movie that has the heart but it has the comedy to follow it well, and um, I think that's just yeah, the nature it. of storytelling nowadays is mm-hmm. you don't um, Lord of the Rings was very not Lord of the Rings. Sorry. Game of Thrones was very real. And I guess Lord of the Rings in the sense, too. Um, there were actual physics. There were things like that. Magic was like kind of I don't know, but like in and and they had a huge problem to take care of. Uh, it, well, I'm going specifically with Lord of the Rings. Um, but like Dungeons of Dragons is so fantastical that, uh, I think how do you, you not take it that route? Yeah, yeah. I think you could definitely achieve the nostalgia that you're looking for because mm-hmm. if that camera pulls back and it is kids like that, that's even better because you see that they are so invested in this, but at mm-hmm. the same time, um, they're angry that their friends build Cheetos on the map or something. And that's a fun right. little joke, you know? And so, right. yeah. um, I, I, you really, you guys should go watch the gamers. I think it's on YouTube for free. Um, yeah. and that was a great, that's how I liked the, uh, they well, made a stranger movie things. Very funny. So stranger things captured us playing. We were serious about it. We got mad at somebody if they messed the map up, <laughs> if somebody couldn't make it, you know, we were mad at them because we got we got to finish this adventure. Yeah. So we were totally that's exactly how I remember D&D starting. 
that's not how I play it now. Now it's more we're having a lot of fun. I mean, if you watch our our um, game that we play on Tuesday nights right now, we're all laughing and making jokes and and doing. We have an Act Inc. game going right now, so we're mm-hmm. we're a franchise in the middle of the dungeon. So I I'm totally in that genre now of it. But I just remember like what you're saying mm-hmm. as as the kid that the real. But I think it'd be good. I'm hoping it's great. I'm gonna root for it to be good. I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna try not to let my expectations get so out of control that when I do see it, I hate it. Mm-hmm. I want to try to lower my expectations if I can. I don't know if I'll be able to. I'm going to try, but I hope it's good. I hope it's something that a lot of people go and say, Oh my God, did you see that Dungeons and Dragons movie? I hope they make like five more of these. You know, I want that to be what happens. I hope yeah. it's not a joke. Like a few of the other movies have been, they have been very bad movies, really bad. Movies. <laughs> you not tell somebody, Hey, you want to know what Dungeons and Dragons is? You never said go watch the Dungeons and Dragons movie at this point. You know what I mean? So. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Silver Boulay says, uh, would I want the comedy to be at the table or in the game world? And I was like, I think the comedy, like for me, I think the comedy would come from the way you use logic at the table and how that logic is interpreted in the game world. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know, like you're, 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 you stab a guy and they're just like, and you're like, okay, it takes four damage. And they're like, wait, don't I get sneak attack? And then you're like, oh yeah, you totally get sneak attack. And then it shows the rogue again, like flipping up his knife and going like, no, 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 no. You know, that like, that's funny. Like, and then the game is still, the world's still happening. So I don't know. That's how I feel about it. But, uh, Jeff Goldblum is going to be on a D&D podcast for, I don't know how long. We don't know. But, like, but he's going to play Goldblum himself, the actor. Yeah, that sounds fun. And we were a little confused because we thought we were familiar with this podcast called Dark Dice, but we are not. Uh, so I looked it up and I, I it's a it's a horror actual play D&D podcast. Um, they have like, it looks like 15 episodes. They're all about anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. I don't <laughs> I don't know any of these people. They're all kind of, right. a lot of them are actors and stuff, so they must just be friends with Jeff Goldblum, but this is all over the news because he's a major actor and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's going to be on this D&D podcast. That's weird, huh? So the podcast is called Dark Dice by Fool and Scholar Productions. Um, I'm going to have to look at it because yeah. I'm, 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 I'm curious to listen, Goldblum not just for him. Fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're drawing me in just because I want to see Jeff Goldblum play some Dungeons and Dragons. I always like it when we get quirky people that you like in movies and pop culture that you love. Like when I learned that Jack Black was going to be, um, he played a Dungeons Dragons game and I was like, Oh, I got to see that. Cause I just love Jack Black or uh, Jeff Goldblum's another good one. You know, if they said, Hey, we've got Chris Helmsworth going to play this. I'd be like, all right, well, I gotta go. I gotta go yeah. see this. You know, let's see how this goes. Did you ever watch so, the stranger things cast play D and D then? Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't get all the way through it, but I definitely watched them yeah. play. It's fun. And huh? because it was just interesting to see them actually have to actually do it. So it was yeah, good. no, it's fun. So, uh, I don't know. That's all over the news. I'm curious. I don't even know when it's going to start. It's just like, he's going to be in this Dungeons the dragons podcast. So he's going to yeah, play a I, wizard apparently. So that's he, fun. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, his latest character that I love the most, not his latest cause he's done a bunch of stuff, but when he was in Thor, yeah. I loved him in that role. And I'm just like, oh my God, play that character in a game. Cause that would be <laughs> so good. <laughs> Too funny. 
Or like Benicio del Toro as the collector. Imagine him playing in your Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah. You know? Oh, that'd be great. So you guys tell us who you want to play in your Dungeons and Dragons game. Some quirky actor out there that would be really fun. Chris Pratt. I yeah, that really I was fun. just thinking Chris Pratt. He would be an yeah. ideal D&D game person <laughs> for me. Um, but I'm great. also trying to think of just like those creative people. Like, yeah. Uh, actor wise or uh, director wise or writer wise. Like, mm-hmm. um, and actually uh, Dan Harmon, you know, he did oh, Harmon Quest and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. He's a huge role playing fan. He would be a lot of fun to run a game with. So, or yeah, play in a yeah. game. So. And you can watch him do all that. Yeah, yeah he, he plays it live as a comedy. They like book comedy stores and he plays Dungeons and Dragons yeah. with his friends, his yeah. com- comedian friends. It's pretty funny. It is good. It is good. Yeah, Harmon Quest. Uh, check it out. It was uh, a late, watched. a late, uh, it was a, an addition to the CISO streaming service that uh, went bankrupt and failed. But mm-hmm. the, the Harmon Quest is still out there. <laughs> And there's three seasons of it, and I highly recommend it. It's very funny. Maybe like so. a Steve Bashimi. <laughs> that would be that cool. could be interesting. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, some some. So we talked about Zine Quest back in uh, February, mm-hmm. and Zine Quest is a Kickstarter February month long thing of just like little Dungeons and Dragons uh, supplements that people make. Um, I got two of them fulfilled yesterday, which was really exciting. Um, and one of them is Pungent Quest. Pungent. Uh, which is, Pungent Quest is for the upcoming RPG Land of M, which is based on the comic book Rickety mm-hmm. Stitch, which I think you should read, Lucian, if you haven't. I should. Uh, and, but this is one of these things that is very open to, uh, you You could figure out how to use this in, in just about anything. But uh, the whole the whole mechanics is like you you roll randomly to see if there's an encounter and your whole goal is to try and gain these keys. So it's not a it's not a specific dungeon that you move around. It's like a hypothetical one that you're creating on the fly. And then there are all these really just silly monsters. Uh one of them is the magic seal, but it's a it's a seal in it's the ocean that attacks you. Yes. Uh one of them is the spelling bee. And he's a he's a bee that runs around, and if things are misspelled, he attacks you. Uh, it's so funny, and I just love dumb the the poltergeese. And so uh, the poltergeese uses tenetic, telekinetically attacks with objects and creatures in the area. Um, mm-hmm. And when he honks, Honk. the PC has to make a resistance check or be stunned. Like <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. This is really short. It's only like 40 pages or something, but it comes with a bunch of magic items and NPCs. And we talk a lot about just, does this inspire you? And I love things like this. Like, even if I don't run it, I want to use the great sword, which is a sword that looks like a cheese grate. And like, that's so fun. So I might run my friends through this. We'll see. Uh, it's it, it looks really fun. I hope fun. they like puns. Yes. <laughs> and the other one I got was Wizards Grim War. And I feel Ooh. bad. I haven't even opened it. I haven't printed out. But uh, it's a RPG supplement where everybody's a wizard and you have like cool magic battles and stuff, I think. So I have to dig more into it. But I remember backing it because it looked cool. I just don't remember why I backed it in that way. Very so. cool. That'd be a fun little world to have where you where magic dueling was a big thing and you have yeah. a mechanic that represents a magic duel between two two mages in a in a set area. That no, I love the I 
I love and hate the Harry Potter dueling system, like sure. of just that. But I like that there's a way to do that because I'm like, yeah. no, if if there were two wizards, like you're egotistical already if you're a wizard. <laughs> you're gonna be yeah. like, I'm better than you. Let's go. Like yeah, think yeah. of Let's think of any MMORPG where you can examine someone else's gear. And then you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm better than you. I could take you in yeah. a fight. And you're like, well, let's World of Warcraft get out of this yeah. zone and fight. Throw the flag yeah. down. <laughs> you know? And and so I I think specifically, like you think of knights sparring and stuff, wizards mm-hmm. would do the exact same thing. Definitely. And I am saddened that we don't have a fun mechanic um, really in yeah. any the edition of duel. D&D, I don't think, has yeah. had like a cool wizards duel like that. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's something we should have something to write down on the old list of yeah. maybe. Which kind of goes back to again why I dislike counterspell because mm-hmm. you know you're just like I'm going to oh like that you know mm-hmm. there's got to be a cool like test of will kind of way to have the have an attack like that so mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know I like that idea um we got 15 minutes left do you just want to talk about do you want to do a monster manual uh monster college or do you want to just Up talk to about you games? i'm good either way i got well i played some games did you play some games um i did not play some games but i had some fun you ideas no games uh and i have numenera stuff to talk about so okay let's just talk about games so how's how dungeon of the mad mage uh it's I, I wanted to actually talk to you about dungeon of the mad mage because i have yeah. been reading and rereading a lot of the adventures uh, because I want to make a, a video of, I want to rate all of the 5e adventures that have come out so far. Like, mm. like worst to best, what is the best one? What is the worst one? What is the one I want to play immediately? And what is the one that I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to touch this in any way. And Dungeon of the Mad Mage is interesting because it fits in this weird, there's not really a story, but like, if you just kind of want to have some fun, it could be really good, but you're loving it. And I have been talking with some other of my friends and they're like, I didn't really care for it. But from a dungeon master standpoint, they didn't want to run it because there wasn't like a fun story. It was just, I don't know, this room has this. So where are you in Dungeon of the Mad Mage and why are you enjoying it so much? (laughs) Well, we had just left the fifth level and you could you could take a couple of routes down and we chose one and realized we have skipped a level and gone down another level. So now we're down on seventh level and uh, things have gotten a little bit crazy. And that's what I like about it. It's getting crazier and crazier. And it's big enough that you're going to see almost all the monsters, right? Okay. To fill a Dungeon of the Mad Mage, you have to use almost all of the Monster Manual. You have to use almost all of Volo's Guide. You got to use all these things to pack it full of stuff for people to do. And I think that's what I like about it. Cause you get to see these things that you've only read about or only flipped past in some of the books. You haven't got to fight them before. And so we're getting to do some of those things. We, we saw some Umber Hulks recently. Um, we just took on a stone giant where we fought a stone giant. And, and then there's weird things that are happening because obviously it's the dungeon of the mad mage. So there's weird stuff for you to investigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really cool. We just hit a and we told everybody we're doing spoilers from now on. So <laughs> that's the only way to describe this as being fun. And I'm, I'm really loving the idea about it. We've we're at a fun house part where there is a um, miniature keep that sits in a big cavern. Mm-hmm. When you try to go to the miniature keep, which looks like a dollhouse to you, 
you immediately get shrunk and then it's an actual size keep and there's stuff going on mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh my God, this is cool because it's basically like you came into a cavern and it's honey. I shrunk the kids all of a sudden and now some stuff is going crazy. And I just thought that's such a fun thing that you can throw in the middle of a dungeon, the mad mage. Maybe it doesn't make sense if you throw it in the middle of uh, Dragon Heist Waterdeep, or maybe doesn't make sense if you do it in uh, Storm King's Thunder or one of these other you know adventures that you play. But it seems to fit in Dungeon of the Mad Mage, so it's really cool. Our dungeon master is not shy with giving us powerful um, magic items, so we're getting to play around with that. He's beefing up the encounters so that they're hard and they're challenging, and then we're getting to fight lots of things. And I just love the variety of it, but it is a dungeon crawl, right? So if you're mm -hmm. not into, you know, finding clues that lead you to the mystery and then, then you finally find the bad guy, that's not really this. This is, hey, they're, what's down that hallway? We have no idea what yeah. comes down. It could be a, a rust monster. It could be a, a goblet market. It could be a bunch of undead. It could be something else that's been left and nobody's touched forever. It, you know, instead oh. of exploring down, it almost feels like I, I wonder if I would enjoy it more if you were trapped in there and your yeah. like your goal was to get out. Trying to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Because be I cool. guess that's my that's my question is what is your goal other than exploration? And I and I well, love exploration, but like <laughs> We were given a job by Ack Inc., who we Correct, were hired yeah. onto to map the whole the map the levels and so that they could then further exploit the dungeon of the Mad Mage. So we're setting up not only are we mapping it, but we're also finding places to set up um, little forward bases that other Ack Inc. employees can come to and fix up, and then they will adventure out from there to go to other places and do things and exploit you know, the, the dungeon of the mad mage. Cause there's mm. magic items and there's gold and there's stuff that's been left. And we found tapestries that we put in our inn. We found, um, a, a dwarven throne that we've, you know, brought back and given to people and gotten a reward for. We've, you know, there's all of these weird stuff down here that you can find ways to use or trade or do things with. If your dungeon master has the imagination enough to kind of make those things relevant than mm. just something that's been left and, isn't there. So it's definitely monster of the weekish. It's definitely, um, eclectic. You, you were never thinking, well, how did this Griffin live down here? There's no food. There's no source of this. Or, you know, it's mm -hmm. just, you have to suspend that we're in a magical world. So, you know, it just doesn't, we just threw a fireball two doors down. So we're, we're going to ignore the idea that how do things live here ecologically? Yeah. Yeah. It's I a, it's it's a magical, it's a magical mage dungeon. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And it's going to repopulate and stuff's going to come back. And so that makes it dangerous going back and forth, up and down. And, um, and I think the further you get down, the more a story will unfold. Whereas the first levels aren't that way because there's too many adventures have gone through there. Mm -hmm. There's really not a lot to find because other adventuring parties have probably found it. It's not till you start to get deeper and deeper where less and less people have traveled that I think a real story will begin to unfold, but you've got to get there first. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, you're going to get from level one to 20. So it's going to be long. It's going to be a year, two year campaign. And not everybody's ready for that. Most people stop at 10. You know, we just got to, I'm six, seven, eight, nine. Cause I'm a six, three. Can't wait till I get to six, four of, of <laughs> the cleric, the, uh, the arcane archer cleric, which we've been having fun. So, it's been good. I love it. Our dungeon master is really good at doing it. 
when we talked about it, um, he's running it for one group before us, which helps him fine tune and really run it well for us as the second group coming through because he understands the mechanics better. He understands the room layouts better. He understands how the monsters could fight better mm -hmm. than maybe he did it in that first run through. So I think that's another cool thing that's going on there. So it's fun. I like it. Tomb of Annihilation is still my favorite. This has got to be probably second at this point. I We did Dragon Heist and that was fun. But I was like, eh, I could take that one or leave that. I'm digging this one so far. That's so. cool. Yeah, I it's one that I, I'm not sure. Well, actually, I shouldn't even say because I haven't fully read it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but now I'm reading uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, and I'm also reading that to uh, familiarize myself with those adventures before I make this grand epic video. Um, thank you, uh, Steve Zerk, for the $5 donation in chat. Hey, that was very Steve. nice. Uh, he asks, um, if you are familiar... Not, he said, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the first edition module Castle Greyhawk, but it is also filled with puns and pop culture references. So I should definitely check that out. Mm -hmm. Gary's Castle, for yeah. sure. The, the, that's, that's where Greyhawk <laughs> that's came where from, right? Because he had a yeah. castle Greyhawk, and then they were like, yeah. well, we have a, yeah. they didn't a world make Greyhawk. Yeah. They made dungeons at first. Yes, they yeah. made dungeons. And then it was a full castle, which was a big dungeon, but then it expanded into a world. Yeah. So, that's cool. Um, well, are you going to, you have to go back to the sixth level then. Well, that was, we, map we've it, been right? talking about it. So we had a big argument about it because our group's like, <laughs> well, wait, we got to go back. Right. Because we're, we're mapping the thing, but, and like a couple of us like, but yeah, but we're already here. Let's see yeah. what's in seventh. And then we'll go back to sixth. And if we survive seventh, six will be way easier by the time we get to there. Right. So, so we're, we're, I think we're going to explore seventh for a while and then we will go back and do sixth. I think is how it's going to work. Mm. Okay. Before we go down to eighth. Okay. So it'll be interesting. Um, on Tuesday nights. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> on Twitch. On Twitch. Tuesday nights on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Sir Lucian. But what did, what did Joe, if you didn't play, you, your brain must have been consumed with thinking about playing. Yeah. Well, um, so we, we, we've been renting movie theaters. Like we did this for <laughs> my wife's birthday. And we went and saw uh, Knives Out, which is a great movie. And we, I, we're forgetting, because of the pandemic, we haven't been to the movies in so long. And, like, I love movies, but I Popcorn. really love the movie theater so experience. Bad. I do, too. And just, it's so much fun. So we decided to do it again, but our options were really limited. And we ended up watching uh, the 2018 movie The Meg, which is that giant shark movie. Oh, yeah. Well, that's pretty um, good on a big screen. It was great on a big screen. Not a good movie. <laughs> Not a good movie at all. Did I have fun? The most fun. And so yeah. we rented that with a bunch of our friends and we watched the Meg. So that's why I didn't play D&D last week, but, uh, or RPGs. But going back even previously, uh, I'm running Numenera and I'm running an adventure called The Devil's Spine. And my players have, uh, one of the players, or one of the characters, has gotten a parasite on their back. Um, mm. And they met the mother of the parasite, which is this giant worm named Devola. And Davola's like, yeah, I can remove that, um, but uh, you're going to die. And so they're like, well, how do we get it? How do we save his life and, and remove this? And they're like, she's like, well, I need I need uh, three things from you. One, I'm going to need this uh, weapon called the Impossible Blade that is basically like a lightsaber scalpel. Nice. She's like, I'm going to need you to find this uh, numbing neurotoxin so that we can, uh, so that when we do remove it, he doesn't die from the most amount of pain he's ever had. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is like, you're going to have to do something for me. 
And she's really worried about this uh, alien creature society called uh, the Insidious Choir. Mm -hmm. So they have these three objectives. And that's kind of the whole basis of this. And so they're on an adventure. And they, they chose to go get the Impossible Blade first. So they went back into town and they checked around. And they, they found out that there is a, a weird tomb, ancient pit thing that they have heard that there's rumors of the Impossible Blade being associated over there. So that's where we left off, is they're going to descend down into this. And I was reading this morning and last night all about um, the adventure that they're going to go on to find this Impossible Blade. Uh, and it's weird. We were talking about Numenera and do you use minis? Do you, like, map out stuff? Because mm -hmm. this is actually a tomb... Like, mm -hmm. and there's maps and stuff. I think I'm going to have to draw it out and just be like, no, this is, you're here. Like, do you want to move forward? Oh, there's a door. How do you get past this door? Mm -hmm. um, I'm really enjoying uh, Numenera in that everything has a level. And we've talked about this uh, a little bit, but like, when you're playing D&D &D and it's like, I want to bash down the door. There's not, like, really in your mind, you're like, I don't know, I guess it's, like, AC 10. And there are rules for, like, wood is this AC, and it usually has this many hit points or something. But in Numenera, uh, straight up, it's like, okay, this door is level 5, so you have to do a 15 or higher to inflict any kind of damage on it. Mm -hmm. And then even then, it has a resistance of damage because it is a door of, like, 5, so you're only doing 3 points of damage, and you have to do this much damage to break through the door. And that has been really useful. And it's it's kind of funny. So uh, the re reason I bring it up is I was like, well, how are they going to get past these doors? And the doors are level 10. So that means that they have to roll uh, a 30 on a 20-sided die in order to mm -hmm. inflict any kind of damage on these doors. So they really need to, like, puzzle their way through it. Uh, but I don't know. It's been really fun. Like, I'm excited for tonight. We're going to play tonight. So it's going to be good. Yeah, and Numenera is so much fun because you're getting the the weird. Like that's the yeah. word that always comes up because you're like it's strange. Um, there's some technology, but it also seems magical. And there's there's you're never quite sure what the place you're exploring used to be. You might have some ideas, or your brain might you know take it in different directions, but you're never sure what it actually was. And that's what I liked about reading a lot of those adventures as a dungeon master because sometimes they would tell you what it used to be. Like it used to be a satellite in space or it used to be this. And then you'd be like, oh, they'll never know. That's what this is. You know, mm -hmm. and you're just like I found where I had the most fun was describing things to them in a way that was literal, but didn't give away what it actually was like. So I used magical terms and stuff to keep them from thinking about technology, even though it was a technological thing I was describing. And I found that was fun for me to try to find a way to see how long before they went, wait a minute, is this a walkie talkie? Yeah. You know, you know no. it's just like, and that's <laughs> like reading through the Numenera book. They, he even says like Monty Cook says, like to really get the flavor of the game, don't tell your players that they have picked up a, a, a laser blaster. Like right. you say, it's a weird piece of metal that's in the shape of a boomerang. And when you hold the bottom of it, it emits a light and that light yeah. disintegrates other stuff. And so then they're just like, so, so is it a laser blaster? You know, and that's fun. And I'm remembering when we first started playing, uh, Nathan, who was on the show, my, mm -hmm. my dungeon master, he's playing in this game 
and everyone rolled on the trinkets table to get a random trinket. And he got, mm-hmm. uh, his trinket said, so you have a cylinder that's hollow in the middle and it's metal and it's got like a lid that you can screw on and whatever liquid you put in there, it will stay that temperature inside this. And so he looked at me and he's like, so I have a thermos? And I'm like, yeah, but it's, that's the fun of Numenera is you have to describe it in some weird way because your players would be looking at this going, not your players, your characters in the world. They've never seen a a thermos, you know? So yes, my light boomerang. Thank you, Mr. (laughs) Silverblade. It's my light boomerang. Um, But anyway, yeah, I'm excited to play tonight. I will definitely talk about it next week (laughs) uh, and, and all that other stuff. Uh, Real quick though, for those of you who were, uh, might have seen me post about our badges. Badges, yeah. I wanted to talk about badges. So I went through um, the company that YouTube has partnered with, which is Teespring, on making mm-hmm. some of these badges. And for those of you who ordered badges, uh, I apologize, but we are canceling all of the orders, and you will mm-hmm. be refunded your money. Uh, Teespring assures me they want to charge shipping on every single badge. So. I told them that, you know, the majority of my of the people that are interested in these badges, they want to buy like some for their players, maybe. So it's like I want a mm-hmm. bard, a wizard, a cleric and a fighter and a dungeon master. And I want to buy those, but I don't want to pay shipping on every individual badge and have them shipped individually. Uh, it was it was a lot of back and forth. I got in a nice uh, converse or I got in an actual like phone conversation with the people at Teespring to try and sort this out because it just felt weird that you would lose so much money. Um, Ultimately, because of the way their system is set up, they can't offer that. And the only way for us to get bundles like that together is for me to upfront about $1,700 so that Teespring has an inventory already paid for and created that they can sell. Uh, I don't have that money to do that. So I'm going with another company. Uh, Hopefully we're, we're in talks and we'll see if we can get to a good deal. And that means that I'm going to try and do a Kickstarter. And this will be my first Kickstarter, and I'm a little spooked about it, but keep that out in the world uh, or in the back of your mind or something, and we're going to try and do a Kickstarter. Uh, And then I was going to ask if you guys are interested, because it's a Kickstarter, I can make a bunch of new badges. And do you want, like, a Saturday morning D&D show coffee badge? Like, I can do a coffee cup with a D20 in it or something. That'd be kind of fun. We want all the adventures. As a badge, I could I could work on that as well. Annihilation, Storm King's Thunder. Those are those are yeah. We can we can find some copyright free icons maybe, and I'll try to figure that out. But I uh, we're I I need to think of some stretch goals and stuff. And I'm gonna work with uh, a friend of mine who does uh, Kickstarters. But I'm excited. I think it'll be a lot of fun. It just means that I apologize for those of you who ordered the badges. It's they're just we're gonna we're gonna try again. Round two is the idea. Round so, two. Yeah. Very um. Good. As always, follow me on Twitter. Follow Sir Lucian on Twitter for updates to that and other things that we are working on. Mm-hmm. Um, I will definitely make a uh, video and talk about the badges when we get to Kickstarter time. So until then, uh, anything else before we take off, Mr. Lucian? That is it. Everybody have a wonderful weekend, and I can't wait to see you all next week in our show. Make sure you comment and uh, rate those podcasts so that we can jump up in those ratings. Oh, of course. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Uh, Dig out your old Apple iTunes login and and give us a a review. Uh, Yeah, we will see you next week uh, with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Goodbye, everybody. 
Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.